I'm Theo. And I'm Juliet. And this is Apologies Accepted. We offer an entertaining look at some of the big issues in history by examining public apologies of the famous and infamous. We're looking at politicians, serial killers, actors, and you. Send us a public apology you would like to make, and we'll read it on the air and give you a chance to redeem yourself or just get some guilt off your shoulders. We're here for you. Once a week, maybe more if you're really, really sorry. Apologies accepted. The, the podcast. podcast. Yay. And I'm not Theo. Yay. And I'm not Juliet. But that's not a yay because I'm not Juliet. That is a yay echoing hope your yay. <laughs> I would do such a better job of being you than you're doing. You probably would. I would do a very yep. weird job of being you. <laughs> well, hi. <laughs> Right. I can't you, even imagine. <laughs> I'm not giving you a lot of material to work with if you're going to be me. <laughs> uh, it's like, how do you fix a train wreck? You do. Yeah. <laughs> Throw a well, the over opposite. It. Absolutely the opposite. Oh, yeah. um, so what's shaking bacon? What's shaking bacon? I have so little bacon in the frying pan this week, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I opened up my notes app, which is titled Bacon, and bacon. it went... Straight to a work file, so that's not fun. That's weird. Um, I have a note about to go. I have no idea what that means. Huh. Um, hates. So, oh yeah. Okay. So. Um, oh yeah. Fuck. <laughs> uh, so it, it. it was James' birthday last week. That was the thing Happy that birthday, I did. James. Happy belated. Well, not belated because I celebrated it and yeah. I knew, knew it was coming. Did you have a cake? I bought a little cake. And I bought some presents. I got some Aww. direction on presents to buy. But then also I used my brain, right? Because Very Surprise. Good. Yes, Excellent. I know. Um, so he, he wanted some shoes. I am married to Elmeldo Marcus's Scottish cousin. <laughs> and he just, he loves shoes. It's, it's yeah. a big deal when he gets a pair of shoes. And there was a lot of shoes in this house that belonged to James. Oh. They <laughs> we have can, to. We can, yeah, yeah, we'll have to fix that one. Whoopsie. I don't have permission to use last names. Um, so anyway, all right, cool. We did the we did the birthday thing, and um, he hates surprises. Like he hates oh, being surprised really? at all. And I've got this podcast closet that's mine. Yeah. Right. There's blankets in here to muffle sound. I have a uh-huh. microphone. It's connected to a computer. It's all my stuff. Right. Everything in this room belongs to me one thousand percent. Yes. And James. Mentioned that he accidentally saw his birthday present, which was in my office slash podcast closet. Why was he not really in your office? office? Well, that's exactly what I said. He said something like, yeah, I, I saw something that looked like a shoebox. And I was like, how in the world did you see that? It's in my podcast closet and that door is closed and there's nothing in there for you at all. Yeah. And he was like, I had to go in there to get something. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so, liar, liar, pants on fire. Yeah. Fine, whatever. I know that. And if I really had wanted the shoes to be a surprise, I would have hidden them somewhere else, right? So clearly, I didn't want them to be a surprise. And he told me he was getting them. Right? So what? How did I use my brain? Where is this long story careening to? <laughs> the shoes were expensive for me to yeah. purchase, right? Yeah. So fine. And uh, because he's British and he likes some British foods that aren't available in the states, every now and then. I will order something that gets uh, shipped over from the UK, right? By like, whatever. You order something on Amazon and it's it's coming from the UK and it takes six weeks to get here. So a long time ago, I ordered these potato chips, but they don't sell them in the States. Oh. And I got like 30 bags. They're like travel size bags or whatever, right? Uh-huh. And he opened that and he was like, oh my God, this is the best gift ever. It's even Aww. better than the shoes. Aww. And I'm like... Well, that's nice, but those shoes were really expensive. <laughs> Let me take the shoes back. Yeah. <laughs> Had that's I known, so sweet. I could have gotten away with like the $40 potato chip purchase. I'm sure he wanted the shoes. The sho- well, what he's doing is <laughs> he's stepping on the potato chips with the shoes. So <laughs> happily, it's all worked out. But yeah, so that, that was kind of my big thing um, was his birthday and... Uh, other than work, that's, you know, that's basically all I got. What about you? What's shaking bacon? Well, March is my birthday month, as you know. 
Oh, so, right. And I'm sorry, where are we? We're in January 30th. It's, it's time to start getting ready. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm totally kidding. What I, what I, what I have been but thinking you're totally about though is not. I'm totally not kidding. What I wanted to do for my birthday, I was originally going to go to Morocco, but because of the pandemic and a bunch of other crap going on, like my cousin is sick and uh, all kinds of things, so I'm not going to Morocco. So I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do that wasn't too far away or it would, would require me to fly. So there's a hotel um, in Marin. It's just over the bridge that I've been to for like lunch or whatever, but um, it looked like it would be really fun to stay in. So let me, um, let me ask you, how much do you think this hotel costs per night? Oh, okay. Uh, is it on the beach? It is not really on the beach, but it is kind of on the water. It's, okay, it's, so it's in a national like, park, so it's mm. like right. Um, it's it's in a really good situation. It's got a view of the Golden Gate Bridge. It's got a view of the water. Um, the rooms have a view of the Golden Gate Bridge. It's got a nice hotel, a nice hotel, a nice restaurant. Um, you know that kind of thing. Okay, it's, all it's right. kind of a resort. Yep. All right. Um, so I'm going to go with. We're talking about an average room, not a suite. Uh, an average room, yeah, including yeah, tax. Okay. Including tax. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 450 bucks a night. Nope. Higher? Yep. Okay. Are you sure you want to go there? Why don't I don't you... know. See, that's my dilemma. <laughs> well, I'll solve it for you. So I really want to go, A. I really want to go. I want to go, uh -huh. and I can take my dog, and I can go with my husband, of course. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, have lunch and look out over the water and see the Golden Gate Bridge from my room. And it's kind of a once in a lifetime thing because I'm going to be 55. So and, and if I were going to Morocco, I would have spent a lot more. Well, there's some logic there. OK, and my husband I'm with is you. Also paying for it. Oh, so it's free. So it's free for me. Right. So I don't know that I want to tell you how much the room costs a night. Oh, but... stay three nights. <laughs> Let's just say that this has been what's been on my mind lately. And, and I've gone over and over in my head with my husband, like, do I really want to do this? And he's like, yeah, fine, I'll pay for it. I'm like, but wait, but but this is how much it costs. No, fine, no problem. And I'm like, but, 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 and, and then at first I was like, well, do I want to get the cheap rate, which is like $150 less a night so that uh -huh. I can get a refund if I need to? Or do I want to get the refundable rate, which is much more expensive, not much more, but more expensive so that I can get Ooh. a refund. And I, you know, I had to go over that with him. And so it's been this whole big production about what we're going to do and how we're going to do it and blah, 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 blah. And, and I finally decided, okay. And I, I gave him the information and he made the reservations and we're going to go. Uh, unless we cancel. Did you go with... Okay, so you went with the refundable the rate. refundable, yeah. I always recommend going... Unless you're talking like several hundreds of dollars worth of difference, get yeah. the refundable rate. It's totally yeah. worth the freedom to be able to do I that. I think so too. And then I wouldn't worry so much about it because uh, I don't want to lose all that money if we don't go for some reason. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the hotel's yeah. not going to give you the money back if it's non-refundable. They're going to say, sorry, sucker. No, um, it's not changeable or refundable. Go ahead. Have, have you thought about sleeping in the parking lot in your car and just yes. having dinner in the restaurant? <laughs> That's the. There's I mean, I thought about just going to have dinner there, just plain old uh -huh. going to have dinner or going to have lunch and enjoying the view and all that stuff. But it's not the same as getting out of the house. I cannot tell you how tired I am of my house. Fair so enough. So tired of my house. It's. It, I've, I've been living here now for almost twenty years, and I, I wouldn't be tired of it normally if I hadn't been trapped in it for two years nonstop. Sure. But, I'm a little tired of it. So sure. I want to see something else for a change. And it's almost worth that price to me to get out of the house for two nights. So. I would say uh, definitely do it. It sounds like you need to. Um, Thank you. <laughs> for sure. I can hear the tension in your voice. Oh, my God. <laughs> so anyway, that's my event. And my birthday is March 2nd. Anybody who would like to send gifts, um, you can just email me or email the podcast. Uh, email I'll send me. you my address. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And gift She'll cards come to the house. Too. She'll come to your house to collect her the gift. Sure. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll be happy to. So that's it. That's that's my week. I mean, I've been working and all that other stuff, but that's the only thing of interest really this week that I can think of. Uh, kind of the same. Like, it's yeah. if it's not work, I that's it. Work, work, work. Right. Totally. Blah. I know you've been working like a lot of hours a We're day. not even going to talk about it because the minute I have an opportunity to complain about work, I start. And it <laughs> takes two hours. I talked to a friend last night. I was reorganizing our bedroom closet and I had uh -huh. gone to Ikea to buy a bookcase that I was going to stick sweaters on. Right. Yeah. So, so I did all that. It took me two hours to like 
put the Ikea thing together, move stuff around in the closet and get everything situated, whatever. Uh-huh. And it wasn't being like perfect, perfect design. It was just like, you know, I have to, I can't just throw a bookcase in the closet. I also have to be able to get into the closet to That's access true. the bookcase. So yes. like, you know, it was a whole plan thing. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It took two hours and I talked to my friend for the entire time I was doing the bookcase and moving stuff around and I complained about work for an hour and a half. Wow. He's had a death in the family, but my job complaint was way more important than anything he <laughs> had to say. Well, about. to be fair, the death in his family was not recent, so. That's true. But then to be fair, the death in the family was also suspicious and there's a whole court thing going on and <laughs> like, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, maybe, who knows what happened, okay. right? I hear you. But even, even within all that, I was like, do you know what they said in that meeting? So, yeah. And they didn't even read the email I sent. Yeah. <laughs> I have a complaint about that. It actually happened to me. It happens um, all the time. Uh, but whatever, I'm not even going to start. Um, <laughs> how, I was going to say, however, complaining about email brings us to the podcast, which it doesn't. However, talking to my friend last night, um, I had a couple of questions about our subject today. Oh, yeah. And, um, and he gave me some insight Advice. that kind of hadn't occurred to me in terms of how to how to approach this this subject so um okay. yeah let's, let's get go. into it all right so in 1999 uh the world was introduced to Rocco Rocco is the pet rock of a muppet named Zoe on Sesame Street and chances are pretty good that if you have children or have been a child since the last half of the century you have heard of Sesame Street uh it's an American educational children's television program that began in 1969 and it combines live action, sketch comedy, animation, and puppetry. Since its introduction, it has expanded with international versions in over 140 countries. So it's pretty well known, pretty popular. Uh, it's definitely a staple, I think, still in the U.S. Um, and there's an orange Muppet named Zoe who uh, was brought on to the show to be one of the few girl Muppets because there weren't enough female Muppets on the show. So um, she was brought on to, um, to, to be a girl. <laughs> to be a girl. That's all. Just be a girl. Um, so uh, Zoe's the orange Muppet who has a, a, a friend named Rocco, who's a rock. She believes that he's sentient and has feelings. And Elmo, who's a red Muppet, um, takes issue with this. And he has taken issue with this repeatedly over the years since 1999. When he was injured... Go ahead. Oh, no. And I was going to say for our audience who's un- unaware of Rocco, right? Rocco and or Elmo or Zoe. Yeah. Um, Rocco is not a Muppet. Rocco is an a actual rock. rock. Yeah. It is a physical rock. There's no eyes. There's no mouth. It's it's not another puppet. It's a rock. And I believe they had a geologist on one at one point who said he was basalt. Well, I think most rocks are are basal. Are they? I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> There's a gestalt. I know I that. I've been about rocks. <laughs> I've got some geography. Geography? That's not it. Geology, Geology? stuff in my brain. Um, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all because it's a rock. It's a rock. Definitely a rock. And when Elmo was introduced to Rocco in 1999, he laughed hysterically and said, Zoe can't have a friend that's a rock. Um, And he absolutely refuses to tolerate the idea that this rock is, is, as Zoe refers to him, real. So for some reason, all this past history became viral in early January of this year, which is 2022, for those who are listening to us in the the future. The future. Um, The future. The future. So, yeah, it became viral in early January when a clip resurfaced of Elmo being refused a cookie, according to Zoe, because it was Rocco's. This set off Elmo, who went into an absolute tizzy in which he shouted, Rocco's a rock, Zoe. Rocco won't know the difference. How's Rocco going to eat that cookie, Zoe? Tell Elmo. Rocco doesn't even have a mouth. Rocco's just a rock. Rocco's not alive. So, yeah, maybe we should put in the clip of of Elmo being Elmo um, over that in a minute. But uh, we'll see if we do. So uh, the reappearance of this clip on Twitter a few weeks ago started a thread of favorite Elmo moments, including one in which he nearly walks off the set of whatever show Jimmy Fallon does, which I... Oh, The Tonight Show or some evening show, yeah. Is it The Tonight Show? I don't know if it's The Tonight Show, but it's a Jimmy Fallon show. I know that. The Jimmy Fallon show tonight. And uh, several times uh, also... It also became popular several clips in which uh, his accent evolves into what some say is a New York accent, although the puppeteer, whose name is Ryan something, um, is from Philadelphia and Baltimore. Eh, northeast Yeah, northeast accent. Urban-ish. There are, there are a couple clips when he does definitely sound um, more 
his accent is more pronounced than it normally is. Although I do think Elmo has an accent normally, unlike us. Not at all. We We're have no accent. Default baseline proper speech. <laughs> Uh, in a tweet on January 5th, Elmo tweeted um, regarding the uh, the incident where uh, there was a disagreement over the cookie. He said, don't worry, everybody. Elmo and Zoe practice sharing and are still best buds forever. Elmo loves you, Zoe. Elmo doesn't want to talk about Rocco. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, according to Distractify.com, Rocco the Rock has not responded to Elmo's tweets due to the fact that he is a rock. In a conversation with what? Oh, no, I, I, I'm saving it. I'm saving okay, it. Okay, okay. In a conversation with E! News Daily Pop with Francesca Amaker, which, of course, I'd never heard of before yesterday, um, Elmo describes his disagreement with Zoe as a difference of opinion. Elmo's going to say this, Elmo declares. Elmo loves Zoe. Zoe's a wonderful friend to Elmo. We have our differences. Zoe believes Rocco is real. Elmo knows Rocco is a rock. And that's okay. We are cool. Elmo did not apologize to Rocco because Rocco is not real. When Francesco says that Rocco has feelings that could be hurt by this, Elmo retorts, see, this is the sticking point, Francesca. He does not have feelings because he is a rock. At this point, Elmo visibly calms himself down and says, it's a difference of opinion. So Elmo is doing some very good um, self-soothing techniques in that clip. For a puppet. For a, for a human being, too. I mean, you know, he was oh. getting angry, and then he uh, calmed himself down and took a deep breath, and it was just like, it's a difference of opinion. So it's much better than we see with some of our, our leaders um, any day, anymore these days. Leaders. Our leaders anymore <laughs> these days. <laughs> well, so this is the thing for me, right? It's kind yeah. of like, and, and, and this was the question. It's why yeah. is this clip from 2004 viral 17 years later? Right. right. And very clearly, it's that two, we'll use the word puppets, Muppets, two people have a difference of opinion about reality. Right. Right. How, how do you navigate that? Right. Right. Yeah, there's been some discussion online about how Elmer's interactions with Zoe and Rocco can be seen now in parallel with the pandemic situation, which I'm sure is what you're referring to. Um, in which there's one a pandemic? Group of people in which one group of people is insisting that the vaccine is dangerous and COVID is not, and an opposing correct group trying to deal with that delusion. A recent study um, by, done by the Texas A&M School of Public Health of more than 1,000 demographically representative participants found that about 22% of Americans self-identify as anti-vaxxers and embrace the label as a form of social identity. Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. Well... Hashtag sad. Hashtag, hashtag sad. Trump. Hashtag sad but hashtag true. Hashtag he's still president of America. <laughs> that's not the only delusion that's, you know, in the in the public square at the moment. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, it's just all, it, it's all, I don't know, and I, sh I should have researched this. This should have been my question. What do you do when the fundamental nature of reality is open for debate? Yeah, I mean, what do you do with those people who insist that something that's not true is true? The earth is flat. Um, the ocean is made out of chocolate milk. You right? can't convince me otherwise. Uh, and you're, I'll bet and you're I could if you drink the ocean. Other... <laughs> right? Maybe we should force them to all get COVID. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you're really horrified. No. Wish them into the cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely wish them into the cornfield. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. I don't think they should get COVID. They should find out on their own. Find well, out. Fuck around and find out. That's my motto. That's kind of what's happened a lot. You know, the yeah. irony, we'll say, within COVID has been a lot of, and this is very unfortunate, um, and it doesn't make me happy. A lot of COVID deniers have contracted yeah. COVID. Who Public figures, COVID yeah. deniers, have contracted COVID and died like yes. if one more conservative radio host contracts COVID and dies, uh, there's been like four. There should be more. Well, then we should into the cornfield. I take a little bit more of a hard line on this one than you do, apparently. You, you do, <laughs> and it's funny because there are people that I wish were dead, yeah. right? And yeah. Like I have no problem saying that, but I'm very protective you know? <laughs> of the anti-vaxxers, I guess. Like, oh, they're, you know what it is? And what? I don't know if this is it. It's just they're stupid. 
That's, well, they are stupid, but some people vibe intellectually at a higher, faster rate than others, <laughs> and and that's that. And so, yeah, it's like driving by a playground filled with kindergartners and being angry at them because they're not tall. It's like they can't help it. I don't know. I mean, they must be extremely stupid. Well, didn't, how about maybe stupid's unfair, maybe fragile. Um, I don't Selfish? Know, sense of self and don't want to die. I don't know, right? Bastards? It's, yeah, I mean, I don't want to come off like I don't want to be a COVID lover. Um, <laughs> but. Yikes. I know. Hi. Uh, <laughs> see? Here we are. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I thought we'd be talking about puppets and, you know. And instead and, we're talking about sending people into the cornfield. Well, and it's so. kind of like, you know, what? No wonder, no wonder so many people are identifying with Elmo's outrage. The issue yeah. isn't how dare a child's puppet have a temper tantrum, right? right. A bad example to present to kids. This is right. bad education, bad, I just said example, bad example to yes. set for children. Not at all. People are like, yeah, I pick that rock up and I bash until he's set in with it. <laughs> There's your anger. Yeah. <laughs> we found it. It's there. I just dress it up like Mother Teresa. <laughs> um, but you have some gossip for us. Oh, well, yeah. So, okay. Take a deep breath. <laughs> Change the subject a little it, bit. It's Well, we're back to Elmo. Yeah, we are back to Elmo. We're, we're, we, we never really left Elmo, but we're back to Elmo. And so I, I don't know who the fuck Elmo is. I was around for the whole Tickle Me Elmo craze. But you I, weren't a child. I wasn't a child. As a matter of fact, I, I used to hold the opinion that Elmo did not belong on Sesame Street. And uh-huh. all the hysteria around Elmo made me mad. You know, it was uh, like, it's not a real Muppet. It's not a cookie monster. This is stupid. Yeah. Right. And and it's not that I didn't get it, but, it, you know, it was like, it just, I didn't care. It wasn't real. And then the, you know, the Tickle Me Elmo doll took off and it was a whole thing when Christmas and my niece really wanted it. And like, it was just it, I see. It was so much. And it was like, this is a fake Muppet. This isn't real. Yeah. And so when we said, oh, let's do Elmo and the Rock, because that'll be silly and fun and, you know, whatever. And uh-huh. There's some stuff in there we could talk about, nature of reality and what does it mean to be a real friend and put up with your friend's delusions and all right. that kind of stuff. I was like, where did Elmo come from? Get ready for an emotional roller coaster that I went on this morning that had me in tears <laughs> until I remembered a thing that happened in 2012. Okay. Um, so... Um, Kevin Clash is a puppeteer, and as a child growing up in Baltimore, he would watch Sesame Street. Now, he's our age, so he actually saw Sesame Street from the beginning. Okay. And he had a real fascination for the puppets, and he knew the moment he saw puppets that that's what he wanted to do. Um, now, he had a very nice family, um, probably I socioeconomically a, a working-class neighborhood in Baltimore, uh-huh. But not terrible, not, not you know, not like a really super rough place, but not the best place. They lived just off of a river that was off of a factory, and the river was polluted, and it smelled. Oh, no. and, but, you know, he had friends, and they could run around on the street and have fun, and there were trees to climb and stuff like that. So, cool, right? Okay. Challenging, but also idyllic, normal childhood. Why am I going into this so far? I don't know, except that I want to say that he, he didn't come from the sort of environment where things would be handed to him. Okay. And, and being a puppeteer was probably the oddest thing this kid could have come up with, right? Astronaut, yeah. sure. Maybe unlikely, but okay, yeah, sure. Puppeteer. Yeah, you don't meet a lot f- of people who want to be puppeteers. Not at all. And so uh, he would watch the Sesame Street and he learned how to make puppets on his own. And his story is... He went into his uh, parents' bedroom closet and he grabbed a black furry coat and cut it up and he made a puppet out of it and then realized what he had done and that he was going to get in trouble. But instead of getting in trouble, because his parents still have the puppet to this day, and it looks like something that came right off of Sesame Street, his parents said, next time just ask us and and we'll help you. And so they ended up supporting his, his wish, his dream. 
Yeah. And he started putting on puppet shows around the neighborhood. And then that grew into going and performing at schools as a kid. As a 12-year-old, he's like at his elementary school putting on a puppet show, right? Wow. Great. And then um, at one of his puppet shows when he was about 17 years old, a band came up to him. And it sounds like the story is going to go to one place, but I'm going to take you to a happy place. A man came up to him and said, hey, you're really good with those puppets. I want to make an inappropriate joke right now, but I'm not going to. (laughs) Hey, you're really good with those puppets. What can they do? No. That's not what the man said at all. Good. The man turned out to be a uh, a children's TV presenter on Channel 2 in Baltimore oh. and said, oh. we're starting a new kids show. I need somebody who could do puppets. You're great. Why don't you come down and audition? And so wow. he did. And he got this job. And that job led to a stint on Captain Kangaroo after a couple oh, yeah. of years. Oh, yep. yeah. So he was on Captain Kangaroo as a puppeteer, but also as a live action actor. He would come in on the set sometimes. And um, during this phase of his life, he also got to meet a guy named Kermit. Sound familiar? Yes. Not the frog, but I think it's like Kermit Keller. I forget the guy's last name. Okay. Who worked for Jim Henson of the Muppets fame, right? Sure. And, um, And Kermit took Kevin under his wing and showed him how you make puppets, Taught him um, some of the techniques that puppeteers wow. use, some of the psychology for getting inside of the puppet's head and making it feel alive. So great. Lucky Kevin. And then I'll skip over a bunch of stuff. He eventually ended up working for Jim Henson as, Fantastic. as a Muppeteer. Um, he, he was called by Jim Henson and asked to work on a film I think it was Dark Crystal. It was Dark Crystal. Okay. uh, Which was like one of the first Muppet movies to come out. And Kevin really wanted to because working for Jim Henson was the thing. If you're a puppeteer, this is like, it doesn't get any better than this. But a movie has an end date and then you're not employed anymore. And he had two gigs on TV shows. And so Kermit Keller, his mentor who worked for the Henson Muppet Company, said, you know, you've got two paying gigs. You shouldn't quit for a movie. I get it. I get it. So Kevin had to let it go. And then oh. a couple of months later, he lost both gigs. Oh, man. They Both shows canceled. And that so, sucks. Yeah, it totally sucks. But then eventually he got um, hired by uh, Henson to do, again, it doesn't matter what it was, uh, a Muppet movie uh-huh. in my labyrinth. That was the one. And then from there, he got a gig on Sesame Street. And cool. And so he's working Sesame Street. This was his dream as a kid, right? If he could have crawled through the TV set, I'm quoting him, and lived on Sesame Street, that's what he would have done, right? In his neighborhood, the kids made fun of him for playing with puppets when he was like 12 to 17. It wasn't cool. Even though he would go and entertain the kids, they would then make fun of him afterwards. Right. Yeah. Sure. Um, And so, so he's working for Henson on Sesame Street, and there was a red puppet. Didn't really have a name. They called it Red Puppet. Sometimes they called it Baby Red. And different puppeteers would use the puppet. It was just a general monster. You know, Uh sometimes you would have like five monsters that sing. Uh So one day a puppeteer had been working Little Red or Baby Red or whatever whatever the name was and said, "Um, I can't do anything with this. And he tossed it to Kevin Clash and said, can you, you do it? I'm done. Uh-huh. Right. And Kevin picked it up and Elma was born. Elma wow. was born almost in that instant. Right. And so Amazing. Kevin um, thought about it over the weekend. He had, he felt like he had the voice immediately, uh, uh-huh. but he didn't have like a core hook for like, what is Elmo? Right. right the personality. Yeah. Exactly. And so Elmo is love is what he came down with. Because, or what he came up with, he didn't come down with it. Um, (laughs) So dumb. So anyway, here he decides that Elmo was about love because he'd observed that children hug each other. I mean, little kids, right? Yeah. And and they're just open and they're just loving and so wonderful. And so Elmo's about love. And so Elmo took off because a lot of the Muppets are instructional and they are about teaching. Whereas Elmo actually is a child, and so kids identify with it. They were doing Elmo, and he had a couple of uh, skits, and the the crew would laugh, and 
you know, they enjoyed it. They didn't realize how big he was until, and this is where I cried, until uh, Kevin got called from into a meeting uh, from the director and said, hi, uh, there's a little girl who has a wish and she wants to meet Elmo. And he was like, Kevin was like, um, okay, well, I mean, that's nice. And they were like, no, no, she's from the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Wow. And her dying wish is she wants to meet Elmo. And so he did it, right? Aww. Oh. Of course, because how horrible would it have been if he'd be like, nah. <laughs> Oh, no, I can't. <laughs> I don't have time. <laughs> I'm busy. i got to get my car serviced. Listen, I have to be drunk in order to do this. <laughs> it's not going to work with a kid in the room. Um, so great. So then they realize, like, oh, Elmo's big. And then Elmo just everywhere, right? Everywhere. Um, Rosie O'Donnell show chat shows, um, parades, you name it. They come out yeah. with a doll. The doll was called Tickle Me Elmo. It was and, huge that one Christmas. Huge. Oh, impossible. Life yeah. was hell if you had to. It, my life uh, was hell. Because yeah. my sister was like, you live in LA. You have more access to it than I do in, oh, in Texas. And I'm like, it's not like they're throwing them out of car windows. <laughs> I don't have more access to it. There's more people here. There's more stores, but there's more people. More people. Yeah. yeah. The ratios kind of solve themselves to yeah, zero. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, Did so, you get an Elmo's doll for your no. niece? Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I think she it got really something like a, a punch me Hildebrandt instead of a tickle me Elmo. <laughs> <laughs> Five bucks, Auntie Alley. Um, Angelinos, you'll know what I'm saying. So anyway, uh, it's it's this place where you go to buy knockoffs. Okay. Right. So cool. So anyway, um, great. And then in um, 2005 or 2006, it doesn't matter the year, a a documentarian was really intrigued by Kevin Clash's story. There are not a lot of black puppeteers in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, and just also just the story, the trajectory of going from such a, a working class background to actually achieving your goal and not only right. achieving your goal, but being recognized within your industry as, as, as super talented, yeah. uh, Kevin Clash had won daytime Emmy awards. Great. So they did a documentary about him. It came out in 2011 it's called being Elmo. And that's what I watched this morning and oh. I cried like three times. Right. Oh. And yeah, it's about Kevin Clash. And, and quite honestly, Kevin Clash is Elmo. He not only created the Elmo personality, but um, he was Elmo. Wow. Right? Very kind of shy guy who comes alive behind the puppets, enjoys uh -huh. working with kids and, and entertaining them and being part of the magic and all those good things. And I was like, this is so great. Why, why, why do I think there's something about Elmo and uh, Don't Tickle Me Elmo was yeah. uh, running in my head. And right. I remember that was sort of a joke for a while. And so did a little more Googling. And then, yeah, so in 2012, about a year after the release of the movie, uh, uh, sexual molestation um, accusations were leveled at Kevin Clash uh, from someone who claimed to have been 16 years old, a guy, 16 year old yeah, guy yeah. who had a relationship. So Kevin had been married for 17 years and got divorced and has a daughter. But at some point, uh, living his truth quietly, right? Yeah. Um, fine. So he was gay, but he wasn't like out, out about right, it and right. whatever. Right. Um, and I'll say this other than Jim Henson, I can't name another puppeteer. So no. this is a guy who's performing at the peak of his game. Yeah. Um, and the charges were dismissed. They were found to be, uh, un, wasn't unsubstantiated. Unfounded. Unfounded. So something, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I think it was an age thing. I th and, uh, and the accuser withdrew the charges formally. Okay. However... Two other guys came out and said, oh. hey, um, this also happened to us, and we were this age, and those cases were also dismissed, but it was statute of limitations, oh. nothing within the case itself. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. And I didn't dive too far into the details uh, because, one, uh, it's kind of sad yes. that, oh, this, this puppet that brought so much joy to the world. I mean, in 1996... Tickle Me Elmo 
that was like the number one, not only toy, that was, it was just everything. It was every yeah. joke. It was every, it just, it was everywhere. Um, it, it short lived, but Elmo had made his way off of Sesame street and into pop- popular culture and, yeah. and remained there. Yeah. And so to have something with so much joy be tarnished. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and so, so, and it was Kev, such a great story up until the molestation part. Exactly. Well, I mean, that's, it, yeah, important, but <laughs> it really ruined the story. <laughs> it really, it, yeah. It's like, oh, he's achieving his dreams and he loves what he does and he brings such joy to people and he gets joy out of bringing it. Oh, oh. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I I have not researched this. I've read a couple of articles and I just figured I'm going to leave it at that because um, he's all the cases were dismissed. Um, right. and but he did resign as the puppeteer for Elmo. He did resign for the from um, from Sesame Street entirely, and he yeah. wasn't just a puppeteer on Sesame Street. He was also like an executive producer and had oh, wow. done some directing and uh, oh. was a player. Maybe I could find a different word to use. Yeah. Um, but you know he. Uh, he was more than just like on the set talent, right? Right. He was really responsible for getting Sesame Street onto the air, um, part of the production team. So he did. Um, he did resign, and basically his point was: there's too much going on. Let me uh, read this to you. Let's see. Um, as the multiple lawsuits were filed, multiple being three. Um, a New York judge had ruled in July 2013 that the claims were outside the state's statute of limitations, providing mm. that a lawsuit must be filed within six years of an event or three years if the plaintiff is 21 years old. Oh. It, I would just love to know how they come up with these. I like, know. The, this is the, the law, right but then is. this. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, however, the three accusers had taken their cases to the U.S. Court of Appeals with claims that the psychological effects of their abuse weren't realized until 2012. Nevertheless, right. the cases were still dismissed. Uh, this didn't stop Kevin Clash from losing his career in 2012. Even before the rulings, he resigned from his job voicing Elmo, yet he still denied that he did anything wrong, saying that the relationships he had engaged in were with consenting adults. Sesame Street had originally made plans for Clash to come back to work, but then released a statement addressing his resignation. It read, Sesame Workshop's mission is to harness the educational power of media to help all children of the world overreach their highest potential. Kevin Clash has helped us achieve that mission for 28 years. Wow. wow. None of us, especially Kevin, want anything to divert our attention from our focus on serving as a leading educational organization. Unfortunately, the controversy, the controversy surrounding Kevin's personal life has become a distraction that none of us want, and he has concluded that he can no longer be effective in his job and has resigned from Sesame Street. This is a sad day for Sesame Street. Um, in affirming the lower court's rulings, the appeals court said it considered all the plaintiff's arguments relevant to the accrual of their claims under the discovery rule and find them to be without merit, according to court documents. But I don't know what without merit means. Is it without merit because the cases were flimsy to begin with and substantial or without merit because they were beyond the statute of limitations. Um, Sesame Street's former Elmo puppeteer, Kevin Clash, oh, this is another article, will not be charged in any of the three sexual abuse lawsuits leveled at him. A New York judge ruled that the statute of limitations on the accusations has run out. Also recall that one accuser recanted with lawyers deeming the tie between the plaintiff and Clash a consensual relationship between adults. Clash's mm. lawyer said that the Emmy winner is happy to put these spurious, claim, spurious claims behind him so that Kevin can go about the business of reclaiming his personal life and his professional standing. Um, you know, and unfortunately that means, well, unfortunately for Kevin, that means not going back to Elmo at all, yeah. but he is involved with um, Jim Henson uh, Productions and... I don't quite know what he's doing there. I know he's done some acting as a puppeteer. Um, he might be doing some behind the scenes stuff as well, but I didn't research any more into that because it just made me so sad. It was like this story ended in a bad place and I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. So the guy who does uh, Elmo now is also from 
Philadelphia and uh, from Baltimore and Philadelphia, and um, is is named Ryan, and that's all I know about him except that he's been doing it for some time now. Since 2012. Yeah, since 2012. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, years. but yeah, um, yeah, it's sad, and you know, so so that did also because it was like, well, I mean, that's a story, right? But it's a typical, well, typical, let me rephrase that, because there are thousands of children's shows, right? Yeah. And it's not like every children's show presenter gets accused of molestation. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about um, two big ones who did. Uh, one of them was oh, Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. Pee Wee Herman? Oh, Pee Wee yeah. Herman, yeah. It, but his wasn't molestation as much as it was. I was it wasn't was. molestation. Yeah. Like- Um, pleasuring himself in an adult theater yeah uh, apparently alone and without a puppet without a puppet without a puppet involved um and then which actually i do remember when all that broke it was 1991 and and it made me sad because it was like p really (laughs) did you have to (laughs) i always hated Pee Wee herman so i was like yeah Uh, I knew there was something wrong with him. <laughs> I loved Pee Wee Herman. I thought it was hysterically. It was, was a good movie that they came out with, the first one. but um... The second one was bad, yeah, but the first one was good. Yeah. Uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, no, it was that exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so Pee Wee Herman was not uh, not the best person, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I mean, doing doing that in a adult theater, I would not expect that to be that unusual. No, there's adult theaters everywhere, and that happens nonstop. It's, I guess, but I guess he got caught somehow, so. Well, I guess, it was a police raid, I believe, oh. um, and... That's kind of, I didn't research the details beyond like, what year did that happen in? Because it yeah. was, it was big news and, yeah, it was. you know, there weren't, uh, it ruined his career for a long time. Oh yes, it did. Completely ruined his career. Yes, it did. And Pee Wee was as big as Elmo. Pee Wee's Playhouse he was, was huge. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that's what happens when you work with kids. You got to be really careful. Oh, they're so sexy. How can you keep your hands oh, off no. of them? <laughs> well, no. that's what happens when you work with kids. No. Um, yeah. It's that thing of like when you're involved in one, when you have a high profile, watch yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. Just watch yourself. Just be careful. Exactly. Just, yeah. You just got to be careful. Don't do that. Don't go to public theaters and do things yeah. that you shouldn't do. Yeah, just it's a bad idea. I mean, I guess it's part of the thrill, but find your thrills elsewhere. There's got to be something else you can do that's just as exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. Have you ever tried masturbating in a movie theater? Because I'm sure. No, I'm not. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Well, I don't recommend it. Look what happened to Pee Wee. Yeah. Listen, lady, you've got to show you're responsible for it. My career would have been ruined. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there was that. And then, uh, Jimmy Saville in the UK, whom I do not, I'm not familiar with the show. Right. Right. Uh, I was going to say, I don't, whom I don't know. I don't know him. Um, but of course, why would I know him? Uh, but in the UK, that would be, I guess the equivalent of like Mr. Rogers and Captain Kangaroo being accused of molesting children for I mean, I could totally see Captain Kangaroo doing it, but. Not yeah. Mr. Rogers. No, that would be devastating. Oh, my God. I would have to rethink who I am as a person. He raised absolutely. me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, any good qualities I have come from Mr. Rogers. And, um, exactly. And only Mr. <laughs> Rogers. My That's mother right. had nothing to do with anything. <laughs> I wanted her to marry Mr. Rogers so badly. and when, Oh, uh, that would have been great. She was a nursing school. She Somehow they got invited to the set of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. No. Yeah, in Pittsburgh. Um, and so she went and she got a signed Mr. Rogers photo oh my God. and brought it home for us. It's the story she told us, and I still believe, but it's occurring to me that she just could have gotten a hold of a photo and signed it. She could have. She could have. I mean, would she have done that? Did she need our worship that badly? No. Um, but it sounds like something that Mr. Rogers would do, like invite nurses and nursing students to come yeah. to the, the show. So I'm, I'm with your mom. I think she probably did. 
it's probably real. Um, <laughs> unlike that puppy that went to live on That's the farm. Right. right. I was just thinking I about mean, that. It is a proven liar. So <laughs> there could be a thing here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we were convinced she was going to marry Mr. Rogers because he had signed a, a photograph. Oh, that's a shame that it, she didn't. It's Yeah, it's a real shame. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, there you go. Um, so, so yeah, um, that's kind of that for children's shows. And well, thank God. I'm glad there aren't any more molestations, molesters and children's television. Oh, there's so many. No, I stop. Just, I, <laughs> you I, had to cut it off there. <laughs> there were 10 that were listed. And some of them Holy felt shit. like a bit of a stretch, like oh. Mr. Clown or something and like, uh-huh. you know, Ohio or whatever. And it's like, all right. Well, Never did you have Captain Noah when you grew up? No. Okay, that was like a Philadelphia thing then, I guess. So we had Captain Kangaroo and Captain Noah, and then we had Mr. Rogers and Zoom and whatever oh, the other yeah. shows were. Yeah. We had The Electric Barney's, Company. Uh, oh, I totally remember The Electric Company. Yeah. Um, we had moved to North Carolina, and when we got home from sixth grade, seventh grade, yeah. there was something on in the afternoon called Barney's Army, which was not even a cartoon. It was. It was like a chalk drawing. Really? Uh, yeah, but it was the lamest thing in the world. It's probably How on funny. YouTube. Um, it, but we watched it because that's yeah, what was on. That was what was on, right? You didn't have very many choices. No, it was Barney's Army. Back then. Or uh, what? Soap operas? The news? Probably, kind of it. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah. So there we are. Let's not, let's, my childhood. Let's not go there. I, yeah, don't want to don't want to ruin any of those sweet, precious memories. I don't want to find out that Barney wasn't a chalk drawing. That you know, he was a real person who was just two dimensional. Who was his disability? Yeah. Well, no, I was going to go to sweatshop there, you oh. know, making children manufacture chalkboards so that he could live. Oh my god! Live you on multiple chalkboards. You need to when you're a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the apology. Yeah. There was no apology because Rocco is a rock. 10 out of 10. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> um, I think, I think that Elmo um, actually does owe Rocco an apology. Because Rocco's a rock. He has, well, the apology would not be to the rock, right? Okay. It would be a performance he was doing to soothe his friend Zoe's feelings. Okay, here we go. Unless she's pretending to be angry, in no, which case... No, I think case, she really is legitimately convinced that Rocco is alive. And, you know, I mean, maybe she is. I did watch, a like, a 10-minute clip this morning on Sesame Street where yeah. where she seemed to pretty much believe he was, was a, a living rock. Yes. Um, and so... You know, I would say it would have been nice if Elmo had actually apologized to The Rock for Zoe's sake, because he's indulged in this fantasy by referring to Rocco at all. Well, there is a rock. So well, yeah, but I mean, you know. So like what there, do you do if your friend is, is Delusional? Delusional. <laughs> what do you do if your friend believes that COVID is is not a thing, for example, or that oh. Trump won the presidency? Oh, so this was my question to my um, uh, other friend who is also a therapist. Okay. And I was like, you know, on one hand, yeah, it's puppets. So there, there's not a lot to work with there. Totally having forgotten about the sexual molestation stuff. Right. So, you know, what is the nature of reality? What do you do when a friend disagrees with you? Could you be friends with somebody that you hold a different opinion about the fundamental nature of reality from, right? Yeah. And and he said, well, Theo, this is his therapist voice. And I always know that uh-huh. we've got into therapy mode when he says, uh-huh. well, Theo, um, <laughs> you cannot be friends with somebody who holds a different opinion about the nature, fundamental nature of reality, but other people can. Uh. And I was like, that is so mind bending to me. I did, I just assume everybody has the, the same, same opinion I do yeah. about everything. Yeah. Right. 
Um, and I've, so, I've noticed that what, what he said to be true, that there are, in fact, people who don't have to agree with other people on the fundamental nature of reality, and it boggles my mind. How can you, I mean, maybe if their opinion was that the world was a great place and that everyone is good, and that's a difference from my understanding, but I could be okay with that. I, sure. I'd be a little bit like, yeah, but okay. But most of the time when people are delusional, it's not in a good way. Well, right. And so I guess it gets down to that question of, is the delusion hurting or harming the person? And right. what what function does the delusion perform. So for Zoe, if she doesn't have any friends, then the rock is a substitute friend, right? Right. But eventually, you know, she can't be a 35-year-old woman with, a with rock. her pet rock in her purse. Although my cousin still has a piece of her blanket that she carries around with her from when she was a baby. She keeps it in a little a little container and puts it in her purse. But so I guess it's not really d- damaging to her reputation since 5150. I <laughs> I'd be calling the authorities right now. And yeah, it's not Heather, up. by the way. It's an, it's another cousin. <laughs> just in case you were wondering which cousin it was, I don't yeah, I don't think you've met her. But anyway, yeah. So uh, so I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I do think that believing that COVID is not dangerous or believing that your uh, the vaccines are dangerous, um, I do think that's delusional in a bad way. Sure, for sure. Yeah. And I don't. I could never be friends with a person who felt that way. I have lost a relationship. Mind you, it was a very, uh, it was a using, even using the word relationship is a bit of a stretch, uh-huh. but, uh, but my uncle holds um, a very different opinion about the nature of political reality than I yeah. do. Yeah. You know, the insurrection uh, was justified. Wow. Apparently. Yeah. And I'm like, I just, bye. Can't do it. Bye. Yeah. That's it. So, yeah, can't, can't, won't. Um, and so, yes, there are people who can be friends with other people who hold not so much different opinions, but, but different World perceptions views. of reality. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it goes beyond like, oh, I have friends who are Christian, uh-huh. right? Hard to believe, but it's true. <laughs> I, I do. And, and they believe something that I don't. Yep. But I also, you know, I, I love that about them. I love that. The, I love that they have that belief and that it comforts them and I can see what good it does for them. And, you know, and, and wonderful. I um, even have a hard time being friends with Christians. Depends on the flavor depends of Christianity. Depends on how pushy they are about it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It's if like, you shut up about it, maybe it's okay. <laughs> shut up about it. Yeah. Keep your mouth shut. Um, and so... So cool. I'm capable of doing that. Um, I don't know. Like if Zoe was my friend and demanding I apologize to The Rock, I, being who I am, the world's hero, I would apologize to The Rock. But in my heart, I'd be like, I'm just doing this for you, Zoe, to make you happy. Yeah. Um, And then maybe later I'd be reevaluating my friendship with Zoe. I don't know. I don't know. If I didn't, the friendship would be over. That would, that's who I am. Yeah. I'd have a hard time, I think, honestly, with somebody who felt that their rock was alive. But but if it was a child, I'd well, be okay with it. And then, you know, and, <laughs> and so he's a kid, too. So, so he's a child. So he's three, so is the story. So that, that seems age appropriate, I guess. It, it does. And then, you know, and so he's forever three. But Elmo's oh. also three. So he's mature for his age. So he is, he's three and a half, apparently, officially. <laughs> and most important, his birthday is February 3rd, which is before Ooh, yours. Happy birthday, Elmo. It's coming yes. up. It, it'll be the day after we go live with this, right? Yeah. And so, so very timely. Of course, we planned it that way. Absolutely. We looked for famous birthdays and then boom. <laughs> and then look for apologies or lack of apologies. Right. <laughs> so what do you rate the apology? Oh. You said that you would expect uh, Rocco, not Rocco, Elmo to apologize. But what I'm, do you feel? I'm going to give it like a one. And I, you know, one, it wasn't an apology. Two, he expressed his anger, which wasn't cool. Um, you know, if if this aspect of zoe is going to push your buttons like that you need to stop hanging out with her elmo i see well yeah. that's reasonable it, which is surprising 
but also <laughs> that you're reasonable. <laughs> that one that I'm reasonable that I've come to a reasonable conclusion at all. But two, it's sad because it's about puppets. It couldn't have been about the economy or you know my life oh, savings or whatever. We'll never talk about the economy on this podcast. That's too big a too big an idea for me. <laughs> you don't want to don't care the economy. Um, so, do you have any um, apologies expected or or who's sorry now? I do. I have a who's sorry now, and Ooh, so my who's sorry now goes out to my sister. Um, when we were little kids, like yeah. maybe she was two to three years old, up to five. Okay. And I would have been, I'm three years older. So, you know, do the math, 47. Yeah. And um, we shared a bedroom. Uh-huh. And her bed was on one side of the room and my bed was on the other side of the room. And every night before we would go to sleep, I would get our stuffed animals. And I mean, I had like 25, 30 stuffed animals. Uh-huh. I would get them all, and I would put on plays for her Aww. with the stuffed animals, Aww. right? And the whole thing, there was this long story about the animals and their lives and all, just every, every, everything, right? It was a soap wow. opera. Um, yes, yes. And uh, if I felt she wasn't attentive or I wasn't <laughs> getting <laughs> the emotional response I wanted, uh-huh. the applause... The laughter uh-huh. or the tears, because sad things oh, did happen to the animals as well. Uh-huh. And I would pick each animal up and make it fly through the air and start singing Barbara Streisand's memories. And I would tell my sister <laughs> that that was the end of the animal plays. There would never be any more. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that she would cry. Uh-huh. And then and I would keep it up. You yeah. would sing Barbara Streisand's memories? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Not the whole song, just memories, (laughs) like the chords of my mind. You were like six. Uh, (laughs) Oh my God, that's amazing. (laughs) I wish I could see that. Oh, she reminded me of that um, whenever, uh, when she was here visiting. And I was like, oh yeah, I I do remember that. Um, You know, we (laughs) laughed about it. But uh, I would like to apologize to her because that was a very mean thing to do. <laughs> and, uh, so she is deserving of an apology. And as an adult, I could see where that was not cool. Well, that's a typical childhood thing to do, I think. I don't think that you were... Me too. I, I don't think genius. that you were in the wrong. I think that, that, you know, it's just a thing that happens in childhood that is, like I mentioned before, like developmentally appropriate or whatever. So, so, but, but uh, yeah, I think that's a sweet apology and your sister should appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> if she ever hears it. If she ever hears it. Okay, so, so what about you? I have an apology expected, and I believe that Ubisoft is going to apologize because they insulted Ooh. their customers by saying, quote, gamers don't get what a digital secondary market can bring to them, unquote, after their attempt to bring NFTs to their games was unpopular. So, yeah, right. I know. I see you rolling your eyes. So Graham Smith from the PC gaming site Rock Paper Shotgun says, quote, NFTs are dumb, whether that's because they're bad for the environment or simply bad for games. And um, the Ubisoft's one of his one of their vice presidents named Nicholas Poirier says, "We know it's not an easy concept to grasp, which is the stupidest thing in the world because it's not a difficult concept to grasp." It's I don't know what dumb. an NFT is. Well, I mean, I get it's some kind of a digital art token thing where you own the original digital thing. You don't even own anything. That's you, it. You, There's you, nothing yeah, to own. You're buying something and you don't have anything at the end. And it's just, it's just, it's ridiculous. Um, and a report last month uh, by Kotaku claimed that a number of the Ubisoft developers themselves are extremely unhappy with the company's decision to add NFTs to its game. One person wrote, how can you look at private property, speculation, artificial scarcity, and egoism, then say, yes, this is good. I want that. Let's put it in art. So I think they're going to apologize, not because they're going to change their minds and think that nfts are appropriate or inappropriate but um they're going to say they're going to come come back and apologize for insulting their gamers by basically claiming that they're stupid and that they can't understand what ubisoft is doing so that's my apology expected for the for the day uh, and yes and rightfully so because i can't imagine any corporation saying our audience doesn't understand what right? it is we're trying to sell them our coke um, formulation is difficult to understand. We, we, we right. get why people can't grasp it. So right. we're just going to keep selling it. just haven't learned how good it is. <laughs> Obviously, you have no taste, right? So, yeah, um, that's that. 
that's all I've got for the week. Um, let me see. That's all I have for the week. Well, then I guess we're done. I, I think we are done. It's another, <laughs> it's another stumble towards the finish line ending for apologies accepted. Endings. They're so abrupt. Bye. <laughs> well, <laughs> goodbye, everybody. We're leaving. It's us. We're gonna go. But good luck to you surviving without us. We have a back catalog you may listen to. Enjoy, enjoy. That's the difference between me and Theo, right there. Yeah. Well. <laughs> He's very friendly, personable, uh, a little, a little talkative, outgoing, and yeah. I'm like, uh, bye. <laughs> so, bye. <laughs>to Apologies Accepted, the podcast. You can find links to articles and the sources in the show notes. To submit an apology or find out more, visit us at ApologiesAccepted.net, where you can also find our merchandise. We're on Twitter at Apologies Accepted. And on Instagram at Apologies.Accepted. You can support our important work at Patreon forward slash Apologies Accepted. And fuck Facebook. (laughs) Bye.